Good morning, and welcome. We're glad you are here, and uh, it's a joy to be together on the, this nice, brisk day to uh, celebrate what God has done. Our uh, celebration of Easter continues this morning, and uh, in our message day, our, our study of First Peter uh, continues as well as we go uh, towards the end of chapter 1 and uh, conclude chapter 1 study today. I do want to bring to your attention, uh, most of you may, may have received uh, this at the door from Tina, a uh, vision event coming up on May 4th. It's a party uh, invitation. Hope you all can be there. Uh, please put that in your calendar, and it's very important to the future of our congregation and the vision um, that God is giving us to move forward, so please attend. And then if you haven't already filled out one of these, if you have one at home, uh, great. You can do it online, but today is the deadline for these, so if you, if you didn't already fill it out, they are on the, uh, the back of the church on a little table on the right-hand side. Please grab one before you leave, and just take a few minutes to fill it out. There's a little box you can place it in. Just put it right in there, and then we'll be good to go. We do want to invite, uh, welcome our visitors and guests who are with us today. We're glad you're here, and uh, may God be with us and bless us with his presence as we gather to worship him and hear his word today. Uh, please stand as we begin our worship with the first song. Oh 
Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord, have mercy upon us. Christ, have mercy upon us. Lord, have mercy upon us. Our help is in the name of the Lord. If you, O Lord, kept a record of sins, O Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness, therefore you are feared. Since we are gathered to hear God's word, call upon him in prayer and praise, and receive the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ in the fellowship of this altar, let us first consider our unworthiness and confess before God and one another that we have sinned in thought, word, and deed and that we cannot free ourselves from our sinful condition. Together, as his people, let us take refuge in the infinite mercy of God, our Heavenly Father, seeking his grace for the sake of Christ, and saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Almighty God, have mercy upon us, forgive us our sins, and lead us to everlasting life. Amen. Upon this, your confession, I announce the grace of God to all of you, and in the stead and by the command of my Savior, Jesus Christ, I forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore we have now been For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Our psalm is 116. I love the Lord because he has heard my voice and my pleas for mercy, because he inclined his ear to me. Therefore, I will call on him as long as I live. The snares of death encompassed me. The pangs of Sheol laid hold on me. I suffered distress and anguish. Then I called on the name of the Lord. O Lord, I pray, deliver my soul. Gracious is the Lord and righteous. Our God is merciful. The Lord preserves the simple. When I was brought low, he saved me. Return, O my soul, to your rest. For the Lord has dealt bountifully with you, for you have delivered my soul from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I believed, even when I spoke, I am greatly afflicted. I said in my alarm, all mankind are liars. What shall I render to the Lord for all his benefits to me? I will lift up the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Um, the uh, glory in excelsis, you may notice in your bulletin, the words printed a little uh, funky. So uh, if you just look carefully, you can see the first line. To God on high be glory and peace to all the earth. On the second line, uh, verse 2 is actually right at the end of that line. To you, O soul begotten, the Father, Son, we pray. So just wanted to alert you to that as we give glory to God through the singing of this song.
may be seated. Our first reading is from Acts. Uh, we continue uh, reading through the book of Acts during these Sundays after Pentecost, after, uh, uh, I'm sorry, after Easter, <laughs> leading up to Pentecost. From Acts chapter 2, beginning with 14, uh, the first part of 14, and then jumping to verse 36 through 41. Peter, standing with the eleven, lifted up his voice and addressed them. Let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him, both Lord and Christ, this Jesus, whom you crucified. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. And with many other words, he bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying, save yourselves from this crooked generation. So those who received his word were baptized, and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our epistle reading, which is also the basis of our message today, is from 1 Peter chapter 1, beginning with verse 17. If you call on him as father who judges impartially according to each one's deeds, conduct yourselves with fear throughout the time of your exile, knowing that you were ransomed from the feudal ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. He was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but was made manifest in the last times for your sake, who through him are believers in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory, so that your faith and hope are in God. Having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart, since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and abiding word of God. For all flesh is like grass, and all its glory like the flower of grass. The grass withers, and the flower falls, but the word of the Lord remains forever. And this word is the good news that was preached to you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please stand as we honor our Lord Jesus Christ, the hearing of his gospel. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 24th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. That very day, two of them were going to a village named Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and they were talking with each other about all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, what is this conversation you are holding with each other as you walk? And they stood still looking sad. Then one of them named Cleopas answered him, are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? And he said to them, what things? 
And they said to him, concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and now, and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things happened. Moreover, some women of our company amazed us. They were at the tomb early in the morning, and when they did not find his body, they came back saying that they had even seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see, but him they did not see. And he said to them, O foolish ones and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. So they drew near to the village to which they were going. He acted as if he were going farther, but they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is now far, far spent. So he went in to stay with them. And when he was at table with them, he took the bread and blessed and broke it and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened, and they recognized him. And he vanished from their sight. And they said to each other, did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road, while he opened to us the scriptures? And they rose that same hour and returned to Jerusalem. And they found the 11 and those who were with them gathered together saying, the Lord has risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road and how he, had, he was known to them in the breaking of the bread. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. We uh, confess our Christian faith together in the words of the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father. And he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Speak, O oh Lord, as we come to you to receive the food of your holy word. Take your truth, plant it deep in us, shape and fashion us 
So uh, last week, we began our study of uh, 1 Peter, and we focused in on uh, the, the fact that because of Jesus' death and resurrection as Easter people, uh, we are able to have a living hope, a hope that is alive and uh, that is not uh, fading, that will never pass, and that nothing can ever compromise. We have a, a living hope. And we can live our lives with joy, even in the midst of suffering. And um, we talked about how uh, sometimes we might uh, feel that that joy is uh, missing in our lives. And what we can do to uh, rekindle that joy that God wants us to have in our hearts, and our lives, knowing that He is risen from the dead, our sins are forgiven, and that we have an eternal hope. So uh, today, we continue the study of 1 Peter and um, we're, I want to just remind you that he is writing to, as I mentioned last week, to those who had been scattered by persecution, both Jews and Gentiles, uh, throughout this broad area. He begins his uh, letter by saying, uh, to God's elect, um, this is actually from the NIV that I'm reading, strangers, uh, God's elect exiles, as it says in the ESV, in the world, scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Bithynia, uh, Asia and Bithynia. So scattered all around the, the area. Um, remember that on the day of Pentecost, all these, uh, those who were Jewish or God-fearing uh, Gentiles had gathered in Jerusalem and all these different languages uh, from all these areas that uh, Peter is mentioning were there together. And then the Holy Spirit was poured out uh, they returned to their communities, bringing what they had received, the 3,000 that were added to their number that day that we read about in our reading from Acts this morning, uh, returned to their surrounding areas, and then were able to share uh, that good news. Later, when persecution arose against the Christians, many more from Jerusalem spread out into surrounding areas. And so Peter is addressing these elect exiles. And uh, I talked about last week, too, how we can see ourselves in somewhat of the same boat. We haven't been persecuted uh, for our faith. At least I have not been physically persecuted. Perhaps you have. Perhaps in the workplace you have felt persecuted for your faith or felt like you are being limited in sharing who you are in Christ. Uh, but, but probably not physical persecution in our country like even many throughout the world today still, still face. However, we can consider ourselves as exiles here. Those who are not in the world, but not a part of this world. This world is uh, not our, uh, the world as it is today, broken and corrupted, is not our destiny. And so uh, I'm, we'll, we'll come back to that later in the reading of living as exiles here. But uh, let's follow along. If you would pull your bulletin out and turn back to 1 Peter chapter uh, 1, beginning with verse 17. And uh, I do want to look at some of the verses just prior to this reading from 1 Peter 1.17 uh, as well, um, later in the message. But uh, for now, we'll just start off with, with verse 17. And uh, we're going to be uh, looking at the futility of life apart from the crucified and risen Lord. Uh, that Jesus brings us from futility to faithfulness, faith in Him. And then that faith in Jesus leads to a life of fulfillment. 
So from, from futility to faithfulness and ultimately fulfillment, the way that our lives as God created us were meant to be lived. Um, and I hope by the hearing of this too, this message, you'll be led to turn your backs on futile ways as Peter uh, urges his readers to do and instead turn wholeheartedly to Christ for all that he offers. So verse 17, if you call on him as father, uh, God the father, who judges impartially according to each one's deeds, conduct yourselves with fear throughout the time of your exile. We talked a little bit about this fear uh, during Bible study last Sunday and uh, invite anyone who wants to stay to to stay uh, for Bible study and we'll continue this study in in depth. Um, That fear, I don't know, maybe uh, when you were being taught about what it means to fear the Lord, it was more of this honoring God, you know, which is very important. We sang about that in our in our song right before we began the message. But uh, there's also a place for a real fear of God when we realize how powerful God is and that God has the power to uh, snuff the lights out, so to speak, not only for our own lives, but for the entire universe um, at a moment's notice. Um, There's a place for this fear of God. But as we talked about last week during Bible class, that fear of the Lord, although it is the beginning of wisdom, fear of the Lord in, in Proverbs we read is the beginning of wisdom, it's not the end. And in Scripture we read that perfect love drives out all fear. So when we come to, to understand that God loves us, that fear is uh, driven out. And in its place is this reverential honor of God when we understand He is to be feared, and yet we don't have to fear Him because He loves us. And he has uh, plans for us for uh, a hope and a future. Um, Nevertheless, conduct yourselves with this fear, uh, knowing that he is our judge throughout the time of your exile. During this time when we are uh, on the earth, uh, before he returned, before Jesus returns, knowing that you were ransomed from the feudal ways inherited from your forefathers. Ransomed, that Jesus... uh, paid a price to buy us back from the one who had stolen us from him. Jesus came to make everything right again. He paid the ransom. Uh, Maybe you've read in the news recently of people who have been kidnapped. Uh, There's been a lot of that, especially in Mexico recently. People kidnapped and then forced to pay a ransom to uh, be freed. Ransom from the feudal ways inherited from your forefathers. The feudal ways. I want us to take, take a little time to think about the feudal ways. Now, Peter addressing both Jews and Gentiles, uh, the Gentiles, the feudal ways of their forefathers, most likely he was referring to their idolatry, worshiping false gods, perhaps the gods of the Romans or other false gods in those areas. But also addressing the Jews who in their futility, had uh, thought of their own self-righteousness, of uh, observing the law or being the the physical descendants uh, of of Abraham would save them. Jesus is saying, uh, Peter is saying here, in Jesus, turn your uh, back on those futile ways. What are our futile ways today? I doubt if any of you have an idol in your house. You might that you, uh, 
you know, burn incense to or, or do things like that. Uh, although in many parts of the world, that's very common to have an idol in the home. But we have other idols. There's the idol, uh, especially, of self, of wanting to idolize ourselves, put ourselves first above everyone and everything else, even God. My way, not your way, God. And that takes very many different forms. The idolatry of self can be the uh, idolizing of wealth, of wanting to gain wealth and riches, of status, wanting to appear uh, greater in the eyes of, of our fellow man. Uh, it can even take the form of sports, wanting to put sports and fun activities, leisure activities above God, above others. It can even be good things uh, such as our family, wanting to put uh, family or loved ones above God in his ways. Or it can be that self-righteousness, that uh, I'm better than others, that type of idolatry. Jesus wants, us, wants to free us from all of our idols. He wants to free us of our religious idols, but also uh, the futility of our ways, of our, our futile thinking, of thinking uh, in terms of our, our thoughts that are not of God and, and allowing our thoughts to roam in ways that, God, that are not pleasing to God. Our feelings, um, the futility of our feelings apart from Christ and being led astray by our feelings. In terms of our, our physicality, in terms of our physical bodies, uh, just before this, these verses from 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 17, we, we hear Peter writing these words, as obe- this is from 14 and 15 and 16. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance, but just as he who called you is holy, be holy in all you do. Jesus calls us in our physicality, in our physical lives, not to offer our bodies up to uh, pleasure, but to offer our bodies up to God. And our souls, um, that our souls will uh, lead us uh, to, apart from Christ, into all strange, strange areas. But God directs our, our souls, our entire being, our mind, our heart, our bodies, our soul. God wants uh, to lead us out of futile ways, futile ways that lead to nothing, that are a vapor, and lead us to something that is worth pursuing. Let's continue our, our reading as we turn back to the text. So we are ransomed from the feudal ways inherited from our forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. And here we see a, a clear reference back to Passover, back to also the sacrificial system of the Israelites that Jesus is that one that, was, that these things were pointing forward to, even as he uh, was sharing the Passover meal with his disciples, and then later that evening was uh, captured, and then the next day crucified. He is that lamb without blemish or spot that was sacrificed for us. Verse 20, he was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but was made manifest in the last times for your sake. Jesus, uh, God foreknew, God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in the Trinity, 
foreknew that Jesus, this spotless lamb, would be sacrificed for us before the foundation of the world, before even anything in the universe physically existed, when only God existed. I want to talk just for a minute about foreknowledge, because a lot of people have a difficult time with this. Um, God's foreknowledge and God's uh, causing things to happen. Um, for example, some people will say, if God knew that bad things would happen, why did God allow this? Almost as if um, God's foreknowledge is causation, that by knowing something would happen, he caused it to happen. Foreknowledge does not uh, uh, equate with causation. For example, you may be standing at an at a intersection and you see two cars going at a full speed right towards each other. Your limited foreknowledge tells you that those two cars are going to collide, which they do. But you did not cause that collision by your foreknowledge. In the same way, just because God has foreknowledge of what will happen does not mean he's the cause of that which happened. Just because God foreknew that Adam and Eve would sin, for example, that sin would enter into the world, does not mean that he is the cause of that sin entering into the world. So this is just a, a little uh, side note to, this, to the message, but um, it is something that a lot of people struggle with, and I thought I'd share that with you this morning as, as our text mentions God's foreknowledge. In this case, God foreknowing that Jesus would be offered up as that lamb without blemish or spot. Verse 21. Through him, through Jesus, you are now believers in God who raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and hope in God are in God. P Peter is writing about here is making that move from futility to faithfulness. And, and what is faith? Um, then in the next uh, verse, we, we read these interesting words. Having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth. Purified your souls by a, an obedience to the truth. That's kind of an unusual way of talking about faith. Obe obedience to the truth. What is faith? What does it mean to believe? What is this obedience to the truth? We might say it's, it's simply a receiving or acknowledging, if you will, of what is right, of what is true. Uh, Jesus dying on the cross and rising again is not a fairy tale. It historically happened. Jesus died and rose. And faith uh, is accepting this truth, obedience to the truth, accepting that what happened truly happened. In Ephesians 2, 8, 9, Paul uh, explains it like this, by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not of your own doing, it is the gift of God. So our salvation comes from God's grace to us and is received through faith. Faith is simply, uh, has been described as simply the empty hands that receive the good gifts of God, just as uh, an infant uh, reaches out their hands to receive good gifts from their parents, to receive 
some uh, applesauce or whatever it might be, a, a piece of bread from their parents. This is faith. Or it could also be described as the soil that receives the good seed planted by the farmer. Um, later in uh, Peter's text, goes on to say in verse 23, you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and enduring word of God. So this obedience to the truth, this faith in the truth of what actually happened to Jesus is simply accepting, simply saying, yes, it is true. Jesus died and rose again. And receiving that truth, God's uh, word revealed to us, his son revealed to us, is an imperishable seed that has been planted in the soil of our hearts that will grow and take root and flourish and produce fruit. And so that's where the text leads next, from faith, uh, from futility to faith, and ultimately to fulfillment, a life of fulfillment. Verse 22, now that you have been, uh, now that you have, let's see, having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart. So fulfill, the fulfillment in life comes simply down to this, what Jesus said earlier, what, what it, when asked what is the greatest commandment? To love, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. This is part of leaving that life of futility and in faith, leading a life of fulfillment. A life of fulfillment is a life of love. It transforms our thoughts from focusing on self to focusing on God and others. It transforms our feelings from uh, wanting to pursue pleasure in those things that make us feel good personally to thinking uh, and feeling for others and sharing their concerns and bearing their burdens. It transforms our physicality. Instead of uh, wanting our bodies to be uh, servants of passion to be servants of God and, and to help others in practical ways. It transforms our soul and the, and the living out of our faith. Not a religiosity of idolatry or self-righteousness or legalism, but uh, of worshiping the true God in full humility, recognizing there's nothing that we can do to save ourselves. And that is why we need our Savior, and Lord Jesus Christ. As we hear God's word today from 1 Peter chapter 1, these verses, may God's word continue that transforming work that it has begun in us of leading us out of futility, turn our back on those things that are of this world, put our faith in God, and lead us to a life of love and fulfillment. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for sharing your simple truths with us in ways that we can understand. And we pray that you would continue that work that you have begun in us and bring it to completion in the day that you return. Lord, fill our hearts with love for you and continue to strengthen us in our love for others. Help us to turn our backs on those things that would uh, be futile 
and instead to find fulfillment in you. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Our worship continues as we give to the Lord our tithes and offerings.
we stand for prayer? Dear Heavenly Father, our hearts bow before you this morning, acknowledging you as our God, acknowledging you as the giver of all good gifts. And with empty hands, we reach toward you and ask that you would fill us with good things. We thank you, Father, for the faith that you have created within our hearts. If there are any here today who are lacking faith or who are uh, struggling in their faith, we pray that you administer to them now. We pray that you assure them that you are a good and loving God and that they are important to you, that they are special and precious to you and precious in your sight and worth, worth the, the life of your son. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you died on the cross as that perfect, unblemished, sacrificial lamb and that you have risen again, triumphant from the grave. We thank you that you have conquered death, not only for yourself, but for us all also. And that we don't have to fear anything in life, not even death itself. Pour out your spirit now upon us. Strengthen us. Help us to live lives that honor and glorify you. Lives of love. Lives of fulfillment. Lives lived the way they were meant to be at the beginning. Lord, in your mercy. Father in heaven, we pray today for your church throughout the world. And for those who are proclaiming your gospel in all time zones everywhere. And Lord, we ask that you would continue to raise up faithful shepherds to care for your flock and to feed your lambs. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for our sister churches, those both near and far. Um, especially today, we lift up Good Shepherd and Holy Cross in Collinsville. We pray for their pastors and their people. Pray your blessing upon them. And we pray for all Christian churches in the Glen Carbon area that you would um, bless them with faithful teachers who would proclaim your gospel message clearly to your people. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for all who struggle, for all who are tormented, for all who grieve, for all who are sick and in need of your healing power, for all who are battling cancer, for all who are uh, battling addiction. Lord, you have the power to deliver and save. We turn to you in our time of need, and we lift up those who are in need of your special care at this time. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, all these prayers and those that still remain on our hearts, we lift up to you, trusting that you hear us and that you will answer according to the grace of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord, our God. We... It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God. And most especially, we're bound to praise you on this day for the glorious resurrection of your Son, Jesus Christ, the very Paschal Lamb who was sacrificed for us and bore the sins of the world. By his dying, he has destroyed death and by his rising again, he has restored to us everlasting life. Therefore, with Mary Magdalene, Peter, and John, and with all the witnesses of the resurrection, with angels and archangels, with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and singing. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of Sabaoth adored, Shall the glory of your name 
pray together in Jesus' name the prayer he taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he also took the cup after supper. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is my blood of the new covenant shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins. Do this as often as you drink of it in remembrance of me. May the peace of the Lord be with you always. Amen. No! 
now may the true body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen and keep you in true faith to life everlasting. Depart in peace. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen. So please continue uh, that good work which God has begun in you. Uh, look around and continue building the community of faith here at St. James. Uh, if there's someone that you haven't met before, please give them your name, introduce yourself, and uh, welcome them. Uh, we also want to just remind, if you haven't, if you're a member and haven't had a chance to fill out one of those yellow forms uh, for our vision process, they are in the back of the church. Please take time to fill those out, put them in the, uh, in the box there before you leave. Go in peace and serve the Lord.